Got any coffee? Coffee? Yeah, coffee. No, I, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, you don't drink coffee. How about instant coffee? No, I don't have... You don't have any instant coffee? Well, I don't normally... Who doesn't have instant coffee? I don't. You buy a jar of Folgers crystals, you put it in the cupboard, you forget about it. Then later on when you need it, it's there. It lasts forever. It's freeze-dried. Freeze-dried crystals. August 7th, 2016. Hello, everybody. Hi. God, we're so tired. I have a kitten. Well, okay, that's part of the Mine. reason. Mine. Ours. I guess. Dirtbag Henry. I'm sharing him. But, um, well, yeah, we went to the San Diego, you know, Comic-Con, and that just wiped you out. And that was right after getting a kitten. So Who likes to wake you up at 4 a.m. to go, hey, what you doing? 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Sometimes 2.30. So we're a little tired. Yeah. I mean, we say it a lot, but this is like legit reasons for being tired. No, Well, yeah. We've also been working a lot on top (gasps) of it. We've been working a lot! So there's a lot going on, totally. you know. But okay, so let's just let's just move on to the news, shall okay. we? There's not a whole lot, so maybe it'll be nice, short, and sweet, and we can save a little energy for next time or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not making any sense. That's fine. <laughs> We're loopy. <laughs> So last time, we told you that we would have a surprise for you in July. Previously on TWIP. Ooh, that was nice. <laughs> so the surprise, of course, was the Archer and Armstrong Bottomless Satchel Edition. Oh my gosh. Or for those of you who are fans of comic books, the sort of trade paperback edition. It has all four episodes and a whole bunch of bonus stuff you can't get anywhere else. Super cool bonus That's stuff. right. It's got our commentary, our producer-writer commentary, which was with the individual episodes. In case you're not tired of listening to us talk. Oh, come on. Who could be? I know. I know. I know. There's also a commentary with lead actors, Pete Milan and Paul Brueggemann, and a commentary track with directors Anna Rodriguez and Dave Morgan. Then, that ain't all, we have for you... Excerpts from the cast table reads, the first time they ever, uh, you know, read the lines for the characters as they were sort of trying to figure out how to portray these roles. And there's really good character discussion in there and some great bloopers and funny stuff. Um, So you can hear that. And then there's a blooper reel all on its own from when they were recording the actual lines. It's Mm -hmm. over 14 minutes long and it's hilarious. I had to keep stopping when I was putting it together because I was laughing so much. It's great. It's all great stuff. So that is available now. You can go to PendantAudio.com and go to the Archer and Armstrong page, and there's links to it there. You can find it on Amazon, iTunes, and Audible, just like all the individual episodes. So we encourage you to check that out, because it's really great. If you are a major fan. A major fan, or perhaps you've been waiting, and you haven't, you know, bit the bullet yet about going to get the show, and so now's the time! Yeah, instead of dabbling your toe in the waters of one episode. You can grab it all at once. No. Take the plunge. Yeah, well, I'm I'm tired. I missed oh, your metaphor, okay? I know. I'm I'm tired. This this would be so much better if we rehearsed. <laughs> Who has time for that? <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey. That was amazing. All right, so I snorted a little. <laughs> um we do need as always your scripts for seminar. 
Why sure? To be in our Parsec Award-winning anthology show. However, I want to mention that we recently have gotten quite a bit of very good submissions. And so episodes have started filling up. And we've already filled up through 73, and we're halfway filled through Seminar 74, which if you look at the um, release calendar on the site, they're not even up there yet. I think 74 comes out in, like, March or April, something like that, which is quite a ways away. So, because uh, we work, you know, really far in advance. And so, um, if you want to hear your stuff sometime soon, you need to get some scripts in. So, I wanted to mention that, you know, before... You well, right. Minimize your wait time, I suppose, from sending into hearing stuff. It's just going to keep filling up. I got three more scripts waiting for edits right now, and so. Um, and let's be honest, the editorial process can take some time. Sometimes it can, yeah, and that's no, you know, bearing on the quality of the script. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just sometimes it takes a little longer to get it where it needs to be. Right, but generally the pressure goes down a bit if you submit now. We can go right. through the process. So what we're saying is, with a you want, if you've been thinking rate. about it, you yes. want to get it in before your wait time becomes even longer down the road. And then the last thing we have to mention, still, we've mentioned it a few times, and not too many of you have listened, but a few have, and those of you know who you are, and we thank you. We they need shower you in reviews. Mm. We need reviews for our shows. It's vital Please. for Archer and Armstrong. It is vital for our podcasts, even more so for Archer and Armstrong, but definitely for all of our other shows as well. So please, please, please drop by iTunes. Leave us a review. It doesn't have to be a big review. No, you click the star rating and you write a sentence. You write words. One sentence we will do. We just need some words. And it helps so many more people find us, and it's really, really important. Star so please plus words. Stop by and do it. It'll take 30 seconds of your time, and we'll love you forever. I promise to love you forever. Forever? Forever. Forever. Whether you like it or not. From the Pendant Satellite Office in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, that's right. We have Cat Pride here live. Yes, I am live and in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How are you doing, Cat? I'm good. I'm Excellent. good. I think we've got a relatively quiet room, except some of the square chairs are a little squeaky, but I think. Uh... I'll, I'll just squeak at dramatic points. Okay. So I'll just do it that way. <laughs> All right. So, um,. Kat and I have been talking for a while, so um, she knows we have questions. Lots, so many. <laughs> lots of really good questions. So many questions. And she doesn't know what a lot of these questions are, so this should be fun. Yeah, I know, like, I think maybe negative, I know none of the questions, so. <laughs> and um, I am assuming, again, she has answers, because otherwise, you know, short and one-sided. <laughs> so um, if you want to hear more Kat or, you know... Go to pretty much any show in Pendant, and you'll find her. <laughs> but if you'd like to hear her first interview, that was back on Twip 57 back in March 2015. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave you that to listen for uh, with your own enjoyment. And we're just going to jump right in. We may as well because there's so many questions. Oh I, I held on last time and did it last, but you know what? Yeah. Let's talk about Genesis Avalon. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> you say that like you weren't expecting well, it. No, I know, I was expecting it. I just wasn't sure what order you were going to do things in this time. All right, let's uh, talk Avalon. Yeah. So, one person asks, how is life after Genesis Avalon? To which I'm going to add, is there an after Genesis Avalon? <laughs> so, I mean, 
I mean, so the answer is the answer is life after Avalon is still life with Avalon. Um, because I keep getting asked about it, and I know I have something <laughs> coming after it, so it's never really gone. Um, that being said, though, I did take you know I took a year off before I even did our interview um, mm-hmm. last year. Um, so that after Chris and I finished episode 50, we could kind of both take a break from audio drama and just kind of get our houses in order. We were, we moved across the country and I started a new job. So, uh, for about a year there, it was a lot of just focusing on quote real life. Um, and in this last year, I've been working on a book, which I finally finished the first draft of and I'm going through the editing process. So it was nice. I got an opportunity to go do other things other writing and and I I still want to be a professional author in the traditional book publishing space so uh, hopefully I'll have better news by the time we have another interview about that one Um, but it does mean that I I had some time away but Avalon is near and dear to my heart and so she's never far away in fact everybody keeps asking me where she is and my answer is kind of like she's a monkey on my back she's right here she's right here I haven't forgotten at all just hang in there oh hi Um, (laughs) so your writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about publishing. Can we talk about any of that yet? Uh, well, at this point, I am still in the editing phase, and then I will be sending out query letters and doing the traditional publishing route. So mm-hmm. um, there isn't really any news yet, but I'm finally taking the leap. Um, a lot of it has to do with completing Avalon. Doing that massive amount of work kind of gave me the confidence to feel like I could... Um, actually branch out into prose again mm-hmm. with all of the the new lessons I had learned in doing a mainly dialogue driven you know uh, writing experience. Um, so it's I don't have much to say just yet, but it's just keep your fingers crossed. And if anybody knows an agent who wants to sell the person who wrote Genesis Avalon, you let me know. Um, <laughs> but I don't think there are many of those out there that are just like gonna pluck me out of obscurity. Um, so there's not much to talk about other than that. I've got a book that's a, a pulp adventure novel. So if you like Avalon, but you also are a fan of like Indiana Jones and, you know, other sorts of pulp, pulpy action adventure treasure hunter type stuff, this will be right up your alley. Okay, very cool. Um, so since we last spoke, um, in, in fact, very recently, a bunch of us, seemingly randomly, and <laughs> swear this was not planned. It was really kismet. It was weird. We started back from episode one and started listening again, kind of all independently, and we've all been tweeting about it. Um, I want to ask you about a specific scene because sure. I'm I'm still in the early stages, like in the first season, um, early second season mm-hmm. for me now. Um, just because I haven't had a whole lot of time. But Asara's death scene. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I really got to, like, listen. And what was that like? I know that was a while ago. but So, uh, for one thing, I was miserably sick. There's a reason why she sounds so juicy in that scene. And it's because I was terribly ill with a chest cold. Oof. And, uh, and I had to get the lines done. And so, I mean, every rasp and gurgle was me in the throes of having done all the screaming walla beforehand and all the fighting walla. So I was, I was very ill. But, um, so it kind of was you know, some little bit of realism there. Um, it, was easy to, it was easy to feel weak and tired when you were exhausted and hadn't slept in three days. Um, but I also had had that scene in my head for a very long time. And so I kind of 
it was weird. I kind of went through the motions. I already knew where it was going to go. Right. Um, so from an acting perspective, I kind of just <clears throat> fell into it. And I had actually recorded it once before with a different actor prior to Kristen being cast as Lilith, mm-hmm. back when the show was not affiliated with Pendant. Um, and then by the time it got back around to me doing it through Pendant, I had made significant edits to that scene mm-hmm. that I liked better. And uh, so I got to do it again with Chris, and we... I think we did it in like the bedroom like it was like a we did it live it was a you know we we did the wallet together we did the fight motions together so the the gut hit of the knife was actually crisp like hitting me in the gut so it was it was pretty cool it was a really awesome experience it mm-hmm. was pretty surreal cool so when i talk to people about Genesis Avalon, which for the record does not happen as much as some people Landon, <laughs> might think it happens um I describe it, and I might have mentioned this last time we talked, um, it's a superhero show in New York, strong female characters, with a blend of Celtic, Judeo-Christian, and Egyptian mythology. Mm-hmm. Why those three? Um, so, the, the, I mean, the Celtic one was, at the time when I started writing the show, when I came up with the concept of Avalon, um, I was really heavily into, I had just kind of uncovered that I was Wiccan. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of one of those, that part of my life where I started exploring other religions. And the Celtic religion in itself was just incredibly fascinating to me. And I have, I have, you know, Scotch-Irish and British origins in my family tree, like, most people these days seem to so it was really easy for me to to look into it and so when i thought of what did i want to do for a superhero because i really wanted to write a superhero um the celtic religion kind of struck me because it is such a strong matriarchal kind of warrior culture mm-hmm. in some ways i mean the morgan i mean the evolution of jaina becoming the morgan's avatar or ultimate warrior is is something that I always was going to work to, and it's because I fell in love with the concept of the Morrigan. Um, and when I started writing Avalon, was also when I had a, uh, a in, my English teacher in college uh, was a she was she was Irish, and so she uh, she also had no problems telling me the stories of Cucullin, and so that's how you know for one thing that's how I know how to say his name. Um, for another thing, that's uh, that was how I really kind of got my interest in uh, my interest in, in Celtic mythology perked up. Um, the Judeo-Christian aspect of it is more just that, um, that is such a large defining aspect of Western culture Mm -hmm. that to me, it seemed like it would be in poor taste to ignore it. I didn't want to ignore it because I didn't want to make, I'm not a, I'm not a one religion kind of person. I'm very much a, everybody's got a religion. The world's too big to, to feel like I know the only path to success kind of thing. And so I didn't want to create a world where only one religion you know, uh, knew everything. And so I created a warrior for one pantheon, but I didn't want to ignore the existence of other pantheons, especially Mm -hmm. since the world is so big and history goes so far back, which then leads into the Egyptian element of it. Sekhmet was a later creation, but I brought her in because Egypt is just as old of a religion. You know, the old ancient Egyptian religion is... It's ancient, and so I didn't, you know, I thought more about it, and I liked the idea of bringing in this sort of cradle of civilization religions. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the other thing that I don't think I ever really talked too much about in Avalon, but Morgan Le Fay kind of touches on it, is that the underworld is constantly in flux. 
whoever's in charge of the of the underworld or the other world can always change as, as time goes and as people believe different things. Mm. So, uh, for example, in Avalon, in, in Genesis Avalon, Obsidian is in charge, and he is the son of Baelor, who was an old, 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 old Celtic god. When Obsidian dies, Ottoan, who who is the old Celtic god of death, takes his place. And in some time, others could take the place. And I don't want to talk <laughs> too much about that, because we start getting into stuff that I have in my head that is not written down yet. But... Um, <laughs> Just say that that the pantheons all can kind of switch out who's got the most influence where, and that was I wanted to play with those three because they are all old and all have connections in some way, shape, or form to each other. Okay, um, any others that you want to bring in or have thought about or can can talk about? Uh, or? I mean, a little bit I could talk about a little bit. Um, for example, uh, Patriot actually is very deist in nature. I don't want to go too far into Patriot right now, but um, <laughs> let's just say that uh, the, el- the the roots of what, quote, Pantheon are in charge in, uh, in, in uh, Patriot are different because it's a deist route, but, uh, which is kind of new for me because I'm, I'm really interested in doing something like that where it's not so much a, a god so much as a, a living embodiment of a principle. Um, but also, um, uh, for example, uh, Roxy's story. Um, I, I would love to go through and do more with the Egyptian gods because they're mm-hmm. not gone. Sekhmet was ousted from their pantheon. That doesn't mean that they're gone. Right. Um, and uh, absolutely the Norse. In fact, one of the books that I told you I've already written that I, I'm not ready to publish yet um, or even try to get published is based out of the North mythology and it's Norse mythology and it, and it takes place in Avalon's universe. So there's oh, cool. definitely more out there. All right. I just can't go into all of them in one day. <laughs> there are plans for for Patriot. Yes. Um, one person asked when it is safe for Jordan to do his happy dance. <laughs> Not <laughs> so yet. So <laughs> when, when, when can I start playing Snoopy's theme and start bouncing uh, and dancing like a Muppet? I, 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 <laughs> I cannot answer that question at this time. Um, I can tell you that I'm definitely further than where I was last time when you asked me about it. Mm-hmm. I have made it's not like I have it's not like Chris and I just sat on our butts and didn't do anything. Um, Patriot is a has gone through a bit of an evolutionary process because it started mm-hmm. out with one kind of tone instead of characters, and I am trying to make it. I don't want to say fit because that's not really the right word for it, but I want to feel comfortable that as fans, you guys feel like the thread of Genesis Avalon carries successfully through into Patriot and mm. add something that uh, to the story that we already have there. So, um, so I, we've gone through significant world building. We've, um, we've talked through some characters where we want them to go and, and, and we have a basic outline and I need to just actually outline it now and get pre-production rolling again. So that's, that's the best answer I could give you. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> just promise me that at some point Cal will get his butt kicked. Oh, that most assuredly. Because <laughs> he's that got it man, coming. That man deserves all the butt kicking. All of it. He got, he didn't get a comeuppance no, by the time didn't. Avalon ended. And that no, I did not expect. And you, that is on purpose. You've done a lot I did not expect. That, so. that is on purpose. Don't you worry. Okay. Excellent. So, as much as this may shock people, I'm going to move away from this world. What? Awesome. Okay, let's let's do it. There's there's so many other things that you've done and pended, and I reserve the right to come back. But let's talk about Shakespeare. Sure. So, um, 
how excited were you about getting to do Comedy of Errors? Oh, my God. Okay. So I actually did Comedy of Errors in college. Okay. I, I did it. I, did, I, was, I was on stage for that one. And uh, we did it as a silent, we did it like as a pastiche of silent comedy. Mm-hmm. So our two main brothers were Charlie Chap- Chaplin lookalikes. Oh, nice. And, and then uh, the Dromeos were uh, the sad clown. And uh, I was the flying nun. I played Amelia. Or, or not Amelia. Adriana? A- no, I did play Amelia. I played the, the mother at the very end. Ah. The nun. I was the flying nun. So I had the nice. gigantic flying nun habit. But this time I actually got to play, um, woo, name. Totally dropped. Adriana? Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Um, and so that was really cool because that was a role that I never thought I would have played. Um, when we did college, we cast a young ingenue to play the role. Um, and the big sister role kind of went to somebody else. So uh, I was super... First of all, the concept of it being the Wild West just tickled me to death and I had to do it. <laughs> Second of all, the opportunity to play the main character, one of the main female characters, was just un- unreal to me. It was awesome. Very um, cool. I absolutely loved it. And I got to do my my, my worst Western accent ever. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> I got to make fun of my mother-in-law, who is from who is actually from West Texas. <laughs> so when Shakespeare started back up, you were doing uh, the dramaturgy. Yes, I was. Are we going to see you doing any more of that? Um, so, I, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of up to who's working on it now. Um. You know, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if Landon would like me to come back in and help offer uh, creative notions on how to do further shows, I am more than happy to do so. I kind of just stepped out because it was one of those things where I came on to help and to to help be a guiding force, and then I just kind of stepped out quietly <laughs> to let the to let the birdies fly out of the nest. Um, Alanda's been doing a great job. Much like a teacher would, uh, because I was going to be a theater teacher at one point in my life. Uh, But Landon's been doing a fantastic job. Um, The the one that I'm I'm really curious to hear Romeo and Juliet, just Mm -hmm. because I did not expect, I didn't expect that take on it. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting to hear it. Yeah, I am. I am too. It's it's being a child of the '80s Mm -hmm. myself. So yeah, yeah, this this should be fun. I, I said I reserve the right to go back to Avalon. Oh, so I have I have a question I've been I've had in the back of my head for a while, and I know other people are thinking about this. When are we getting the blooper reel? <laughs> oh God, uh, I don't actually remember like what I've done with it. I've started it like five or six times, uh-huh. and so I've got a bunch of bloopers in collection. I just have never done. I've never finished out a reel for them. So. I'm going to put that in my phone as a to-do item, and I'll try and see if I can get that done sometime in the next freaking year. That would be awesome. Because, um, I would, I, like I said, I have it all. I just keep forgetting to do it and give it to Jeffrey oh, as something to do. We, we, we can remind you. I know. I'm sure I, we you can. can. I can all set of you up. Can. I'm sure you can. No, no, no. I don't need we, reminders, like, in Google Calendar. Thank you. Oh, no, uh, no. We, we've got Twitter. We can just... <laughs> we can just Oh, hey. You and Hackney and Landon and all the other fans are just going to be like, hey, um, so blooper reel? How's oh, hey, going? blooper reel. Tweet, you know, random tweets of blooper reels. I love you guys, but <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> uh, so we have, um, well, Adriana, what was your approach? So, I mean, I, my thought behind playing Adriana was the whole thing about that character is she doesn't really do anything wrong. She just is caught in the middle of her husband supposedly being completely out of character. 
And so she just kind of goes along for the ride while thinking that her husband is a bit of an idiot. And that's kind of the, I just went the standard kind of, um, like, like the, like the, the, the farmer's wife from every, like, like wild west kind of comedy like very blazing saddles of <laughs> just like walking up being all like i don't know why he took that gold chain you know it was just like it was very you know oh please don't take him away that kind of thing so i just i kind of went over the top and had fun with it i just really wanted to have fun with it well, it sounded like you did <laughs> so um we have a request oh okay Renny and Geis are missed and would like to, someone would like to hear oh them. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I haven't, I haven't pulled those characters out in just forever. And, you know, it's very stressful. And then, and then they just really don't understand how hard it is to be in charge of literally everything. <laughs> That's all you're getting because I haven't played those characters in ages. This wow. was very cool to see because. Cat's body language when she <laughs> was doing Rennie, she actually like hunched in a little yes. bit on herself, and then when she switched over to Geist, her her facial expression was larger than life. <laughs> so yeah, that was really cool. Acting, <laughs> not on camera, but acting. <laughs> we definitely uh, need to hear like some sequel to Dixie and. Get that character, those characters <laughs> back somehow. You gotta talk to the big boss man about yeah. Dixie, not me. Jeffrey. But hey, you know, Jeffrey knows if, if there's ever a time he wants my voice, all he's gotta do is email me and I'm there. So if it was Vrenny or Geist or anything in between, he's got me. Mm-hmm. But I would totally come back and play them. They were fun. <laughs> I had a blast with them. Jeez. Um, seminar. Mm-hmm. You've taken on a whole new role, whole new roles in seminar uh, now. Yeah, this last year's been kind of, um, kind of a whirlwind in terms of the show. Um, Both in character and out. Yeah. So you're writing the rappers now. Mm-hmm. How does that work? <laughs> Panic and hope it all gets done. <laughs> so <laughs> honesty. So, so well, I mean, okay. So 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 Jeffrey approached me about taking taking that back. Um, as you guys know, I haven't done it since I started the show. Right. And eventually I, I turned it over to, uh, to others to continue on and um, was very surprised to get the, the request to come back, but I was more than happy to um, because the show has gone several different directions over the course of the different people who have, mm-hmm. who have written rappers, and I felt like the show was in a great place to go a new direction. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about it because as of us recording this, only episode 69 has come out. You guys mm-hmm. don't actually have episode 70 yet, which is where I, that's my first episode actually writing. 69, I consulted with Jeffrey and we worked on mm-hmm. getting the plot ironed out. But the show's going to be in a very different direction. Um, still within the same mission of what we were trying to accomplish with Seminar, but you're going to see some new stuff happen. Um, and, uh, it was nice cause Jeffrey was kind of like, you know how you said you still had further ideas. Do you want to start doing those? And I was like, yes, sure. Why not? Let me, let me start <laughs> doing some new stuff. But I had a different set of characters than I thought I would when I originally had this idea floating around in my head. So I'm, I'm getting to do it with a completely different set of people. Cool. Yeah. So you get <clears throat> these seemingly random stories and you got to make them relate. Yeah. yeah um, how do you do that? So, so a little bit, a little bit of is, is Susan and 
Jeffrey because, you know, Susan edits them and she's able to kind of help help us iron out things like, the you know, what the... She works with the writers to make sure everything's solid and everything. Mm -hmm. then by the time I get it, Jeffrey hands me two scripts. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I've paired these. Oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't really tell me why he's paired them. He just goes, I've paired these. We've done this a lot. <laughs> we did this a lot when we first started. So it's very... It, it was funny. It we fell right back into the old rhythm of he handed me the scripts, I started writing the rappers, I set back the rapper, he edited it. Um, so we're right back into the old rhythm, which is really cool. Um, but uh, basically, I get the two scripts, and I, I read through um, the shorts a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I don't read them super close. What I do is I kind of... I don't skim, but I do read it, but I don't, like, spend time, like... I don't read it out loud to myself with voices and stuff. I don't really... Mm -hmm. I try to stay a little high level because what I'm going for is I want to know what the overarching theme or the plot thread or some important turning point within that story mm -hmm. that I can latch onto. Because the whole idea behind Seminar that we've always maintained is that the rapper is there to present, bolster, and help the listeners uh, get a little bit more color out of the short. But it's right. it's a showcase for the guest authors. I'm just there to help make it look nice. Um, but, you know, I want the authors to to shine. So I'm just trying to figure out what's a good play, what's a good moment that I can showcase for that author. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after we've listened. Um, and once I have that for the two shorts, I then pair it together with the concept for the script that I have and um, I draft the script and uh, tie in the moments and what I've seen in the in the shorts with what I planned and I mm -hmm. kind of massage it until I have something cohesive it's it's it can be really tricky because sometimes yeah. you'll get stuff okay. that like like the episode episode 71 the scripts that I got from Jeffrey were not the types of scripts I was expecting so I went oh I have to think about how I'm gonna do this a little differently. <laughs> And I and and I've I've kind of found a way to do it a little foolproof this year I should say okay should knock on wood but um the way I'm structuring the narrative it's a little more flexible than I've had in the past okay so yeah so we've been spending a lot of time with Alice and the student yes are we going to flash over to any of the other students this season or is it pretty much her story for for this so so this season so this season will be primarily about. Alice and the Student, mm -hmm. and their story. Um, stories. Sure. I'm just gonna, gonna leave it at that. You guys, will, you guys will hear it in a couple episodes. But I'm, I am, I am taking a different track this year. But you will, we will be focusing on Alice and the Student. Okay. So. Very cool. I, at some point, I do plan to revisit, but I've got a journey for for her and the student to go through first. Sure, that makes sense. Is it ever intimidating? To play the character that you're writing. All the time. It's actually more intimidating in this than it was playing Asara. Because with Asara, I already knew everything about her. So I already, like, I, I had come to grips with the decision that I was going to play that character mm -hmm. years before it ever went to Pendant. Sure. Um, in this case, though, I was playing a character somebody else wrote for me. And then suddenly it was, cool, you're coming back now. Oh, by the way, don't forget, you play this character. And this character is a relative unknown. I mean, I, I wrote her in as, as a student way back when I was working on the show, but right. when I was writing it, the students were much more a collective of whoever was directing at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, right. that's why, like, Seth is a, Seth is a student, Tom Stitzer's yep. a student. Like, you have all these characters that are that were just 
old school pendulums, um, right. which is really awesome. But it just also means that suddenly I'm confronted with having to take this character on a journey, and I'm also having to play the character, so I have to make sure that I don't overplay my hand or I don't oversell it or not pay attention and undersell it, you know, so it, it, it can be tricky. How about with Tithia? Oh, with Tithia, it's scary because not, not, it's not scary because I'm like, as an actor, I'm so comfortable playing her. I know her. We're girl, we're, we're besties. Like I get it. <laughs> um, but as an author, even though we have an, an outline that we adhere to for each episode, I'm always worried that I'm going to overplay or overwrite Tithia and like accidentally, be all like, hey, I'm that author who's going to plug my character into tons of stuff. And thankfully, the way our outlines work, I can't really do that. I can only, I only get, like, my one scene with Tithia, and that is it. Um, maybe two if I split it up or something. But, you know, it's, it always, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of daunting because you want to give a character that's a main character their just, you know, their, their, their dues. You want them to have, I mean, like, we all love Tithia. Tithia is a well-liked character. I want to mm. make sure she stays a well-liked character for you guys. I want to take her on journeys just like everybody else, but I also want to do that for Hooks and Socks and Major and um, and all the others. And so it it's it's awesome to write those scripts because there's so many characters, but it's also really daunting when I get to my one scene and I get, like, really super excited about it. And then I'm like, oh, did I get to... Like, there's a scene in episode um, nine of this season where, and that's the one that just came out, and, and Tithia and Hebe are talking, and they mm -hmm. have a very long discussion about artificial intelligence. I loved writing that scene, and I was so afraid I was going to turn in, and Jeffrey's going to be like, wow, boy, did you overwrite this. But no, everybody loved it, so it was good. But it's, it's scary. It's, it's a little scary. Very cool. Very cool. Um, You've been playing her for eight years now, mm -hmm. and that's longer than most actors get to play <laughs> I any know. particular character. I know. <laughs> when it's finally all said and done, where do you hope she ends up? Alive and happy. <laughs> no joke. Oh, yeah. I want her. Like, she's been put through she the ringer. She could be. I don't care if happy means she's sitting on Earth and is doing nothing, or if happy means she's in a library studying other hybrids the rest of her life. I want her happy i want her to i want her to eventually find peace with herself because yeah she's gone through a lot and there's there's still a lot about her that she keeps just kind of under lock and key yeah and keeps moving through the day i mean she, she cloned her dad i mean just like think about that you cl you couldn't handle losing your parents so you cloned your dad like that's a thing that you seriously thought you could do and you did it there's, and then there, had it taken away from her. Yeah, and there's this, there's so much that still could be unpacked with her and would, I think, give us just rich storytelling capability for years. But when it's all said and done, when King, when the, King, when the Kingery finally closes its doors and everybody goes home from Sector 88, I, I, want, I, want, I want her happy and alive. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> just for that, Jeffrey's going to be like, by the way, you're off the show. <laughs> <laughs> So you've also now started working on another show, and longtime pendulums mm -hmm. get to hear you do a Russian accent again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kat and, and Katrina, I, Katarina. Yeah, there's there's Oksana, Oksana. who's the Russian accent, and huh? then Katrina, who longtime pendulums might recognize that voice as well, mm -hmm. given the age and the. 
the uh, the amount of exasperation in that voice. My God. Mm-hmm. On active radioactive radio. Yes. This is a very different kind of show it is. for us. It is. It's very different. It's it's kind of cool. It's kind of working. It's, it's yeah. It's got a it's its own little niche. Yeah. Thing it, and it's. It's not. It's nice. It's really good for when you're at work. Um, it's really a radio show. Yeah, I really like it because it's for me. I like it because I can just play it while I'm at work, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it. There's music. music. I mean, it's music. just it's it's a radio show, so it's it's very nice. Um, yeah, and that, and that one's pretty funny because that was a I fell into that role. I <laughs> fell into that role. Um, uh, Jeffrey had me do Oksana once on a one-off like ages and ages ago, before that show was even a thing, mm-hmm. and then like. Uh, a few months ago, when when we when we ran like when they cranked this up, he was like, "Do you want to play that Russian storekeep that we talked about?" And I was like, "Oksana, yes, <laughs> totally." And he's like, "Do you want to play her daughter too?" Because I need them to sound similar. And I was like, "Um, um, da, yes, I, absolutely, right now, let's do it. I'm here." <laughs> so, where did you find your Russian accent? Um. Well, I've had it for a very long time. Like, I've been doing that one since the early time. late 2000s, um, mid 2000s, mid 2000s, 2004, uh, or t- 2004, 2005. Um, some of it was uh, Robbie Coltrane in uh, James Bond films, mm-hmm. his character. Um, and some of it was um, <laughs> Kelsey Grammer and Anastasia. I, I uh-huh. kind of structured I structured that ra- that original Russian accent off of these big boisterous men because I just liked the way that their Russian accents sounded. Um, so I, I did that for a long time. There's actually another show I'm working on that's not through Pendant, so I guess we'll get to that at the end of the interview, but I'm playing another Russian character, and her accent is much closer to what you think of when you think of a like non-humorous stereotypical Russian accent. It's, okay. it's a lot more like um, if you've ever listened to uh, World War Z's unabridged audiobook, Jerry Ryan plays a Russian character. It's very similar to her accent. Okay. It's a little more muted um, and, and uh, allows for a lot more subtlety and emotion as opposed to Oksana, who is a little more... She's characteristically kind of boisterous and loud, but she's all, right. it also makes sense for her character. Right, so. right. Very, very cool. So, um, in the interest of time, <laughs> um, and, and to balance out how long the last one was. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's talk about um, what other stuff you've got going on. So, we know the whole Avalon universe has its own stuff going on. And mm-hmm. I think we've probably gotten a lot of you that we're going to find out today. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot I'm going to tell you about the Avalon universe, guys. Sorry. Um, but it's nice to know that things are moving. Yes, they are. They are. Um, what else you got going on? I know you just mentioned this other show. Although, one you... second, I do uh-huh. want to say, Jeffrey, don't take that as like, I'm going to send you something tomorrow, okay? It's not not that fast. I'm just letting them know that it's moving. <laughs> okay, continue on. <laughs> um, so you're, you're playing a, a Russian... In yes. another show. So you've got some other stuff going on. Yeah, I do have a little bit of non-pendant stuff going on. Um, there is a group that I started working with, uh, Lincoln Audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with, um, I've worked with Brian, who, who, who runs uh, Lincoln Audio. I've worked with him through a couple of different radio groups. I kind of like got pulled in. Like Tobias Queen needed something for some, f- mm-hmm. for, for me, from me when he was playing Calhoun originally. And like, so I worked on him. I worked on a show with him once, and then Brian heard my voice and was like, hey, do you want to do this? And so 
I was in uh, the Hidden Harbor Mysteries where I got to do the most awesome Kate Mulgrew impression ever. <laughs> Finally got to do my Kate oh, Mulgrew. Oh, gotta hear it. Gotta hear it. Oh, it's really hard to do without like actually like warming up. Well, warm up. Oh, no, I can't do it right now. Oh. You have to go listen. You have to go listen okay. to the Hidden Harbor Mysteries and listen for Mistress Penumbra. That's who I played. Go find it, folks. It's awesome. Right. You can find it at LincolnAudio.com. Um, <laughs> and uh, also, but but the, but the show he, that we're working on now with Lincoln Audio is, uh, I, I believe it's going to be a paid production. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I, I just know that I'm really happy to be in it. Uh, but um, it is uh, it is an awesome, awesome sci-fi uh, show about a crew um, that go from planet to planet and basically, because of the way that the theory of relativity works, they never age. They, they age in normal time on the ship, but when they go from planet to planet, decades and centuries of evolution have, have occurred between visits. Sure. So it's like every time they go, it's totally different. And it's just, it's, I played the chief engineer on that ship, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a fantastic role. Um, her name is Valencia, and uh, Tobias Queen plays the captain. Um, so he and I get to play off of each other again, which is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, there's a lot of banter between the two of us on that show, and then me and the ship's doctor as well. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it is a very rewarding role. It's very nice to do something kind of, because I've done a lot of stuff with Pendant over the years. And obviously, you can hear me everywhere. And I love it, and I will do anything for Pendant. And this was just kind of a nice thing that popped up on the side, but it's very refreshing because it's different. It's not... Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of stuff that we've done in the past, like like in the recent past. So it's just been very nice to kind of play a different role and kind of come at it with a fresh perspective. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure once the episodes start releasing, you guys will see me talk about it on my Twitter all the time. It's just we haven't, we we've been in pre-production. Um, Brian's being very very uh, meticulous about how how it comes out and how it sounds. Very cool. Very cool. So. Bullet questions. Ah, uh, okay. All right, and for the record, I'm not going to do, when is Patriot coming? When is Patriot coming? When is Patriot coming? he wants to. That's uh, what he wants yeah. to say. Favorite Muppet? Mm, Sam Eagle. Oh. Yeah, I love Sam. Will Sam appear on Patriot? Because that would be, <laughs> oh that would be God, cool. I wish. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, favorite TV show of the past season? Of the past season? Flash. Okay. Gigantic Flash fan. Favorite new show from the last season? Ooh, favorite new show. Mm. Oh, that's a toughie. The wheels are spinning. Well, okay. So for me, is it got to be from the last season or could it just be new to me? All right, new to you. Because Wayward Pines is one of my favorite new shows for me. Okay. And I only found it's only in its second season. So right, I feel like that, that's close that, enough. That, that is close. Judges? Ding. All right. <laughs> okay. so, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, favorite movie of 2015? Of 2015, Star Wars. Force Awakens was amazing. Okay, very cool. Poe Dameron for life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, favorite movie so far this year? Ooh, it's a toughie. Um, I want to say Civil War. Uh -huh. I think I'm going to go with Civil War for now. Okay, favorite non-sci-fi movie from this year? Ah, Finding Dory. <laughs> okay, that, you know what? I saw I that loved, with the fam, and it was Dory. very Oh, I know. No, okay. Uh, I changed my mind. Zootopia. Okay. I would say that's not sci-fi. That's different. But Zootopia is probably one of the strongest films I've seen this year. Okay. I really love. Very cool. Well, I'm glad um, that we were able to take advantage of this opportunity <laughs> to, to do a uh, 
an in-person interview. Yes. Because um, we've only gotten to do one of other of these. And it was total, you know, random serendipity. So the, this was fun. Um, I, I promised myself I wouldn't go all out on Avalon and stuff. So yeah. You're very good about that. Thank you. I, Appreciate I, that. It's uh, a little I, bit of pressure I, off for me. <laughs> I have been seeing counseling on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that that's really helping. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. It's been been great chatting with you, and and I know we've gotten to touch base before, and I, I, I appreciate you know all the the talks that we've had you know off off. Yeah, this guy this stuff. guy messages me constantly with random Avalon questions and thoughts to ponder. It's wonderful. <laughs> which, by the way, guys, I do love the hashtag Avalon thoughts. Which I know Jordan, you started that, but. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you guys pick it up and do it occasionally, and we, we were talking about how we all kind of randomly went through and started doing it because I started listening and everybody started listening at the same time. But um, I really do just um, I want to say thank you for all the feedback you guys have given me and all the, the constant support because it feels like every time I think you guys are going to move on and forget about the show, somebody wants to remind me how amazing they think it was, and that just um, that means a lot to me. It really does. It's just um, it's kind of surreal that you guys care so much, and I really do appreciate it. Well, I think that show hits the, the hero's journey on a number of levels. It hits a lot of, I think at the time that it was out, Pendant had a lot of strong female characters in, in, in our shows. Mm-hmm. But outside of Pendant, it was something, and to some degree still, is kind of lacking. So it stands out, at least... That's how this uber ridiculous fan sees it. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm I'm very flattered. And I do promise you guys will eventually get Patriot. I swear to God, it's coming. It's just, (laughs) it's been, it's really hard to jump back into the saddle when you're like, this has been an awesome vacation. I never want to leave. Like, you just don't want to get on back on the horse and get back to work. But at some point, it does feel good to come home. It does. And I can tell you right now, that's what it feels like. I'm working on it, I, it feels good. I just I have to dedicate more time to it. So. Well, we look forward to it. And, and I know I, that there are a bunch of us that are thinking that. So, <laughs> again, thank you for taking the time to, to meet up. and Thank you and for record. having me. Oh, always a pleasure talking to you. And we will send this back to, oh, where can people find you? People can find me by going to my Twitter, which is at Genesis Avalon, conveniently. Um, Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter. That's most likely where I'm going to be. I also have my pendant email, cat, K-A-T, at pendantaudio.com. But I don't really check that that often, guys. You're better off trying to find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter literally all the time. And isn't there something else we need to be following? Well, nobody wants to follow my Tumblr. Um, no, on Twitter. Is <laughs> oh, there another Twitter yes, account we should be I following? Mean, well, I mean, I don't... Doing my service for the Avalon universe. Personally, I would say <laughs> you should keep an eye on at Freedom Has a Voice. Um, just because there's something up with that Twitter feed. Every time I think I've forgotten about it, somebody reminds me. But I would just say go ahead and make sure you're friended to it. And if you, you know, if you get a chance and... Just see what happens. <laughs> Just forget about it. Let it sit in the back of your of your followers. Yeah, it doesn't take but a second to click the button, and then things start showing up. Exactly. And as always, um, you can always just I uh, you know find me at Twitter and chat chat my ear off too. So that works. She's really responsive. I am. Um, <laughs> I like live on Twitter. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> 
Facebook or any of the others? Uh, I mean, I have a Facebook, but it's mainly for family, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, the most important question I needed to ask you is, how is your mom? <gasps> My mom is wonderful! Excellent. She is absolutely wonderful. Dr. Matthews is doing just fine. <laughs> Will there be some Dr. Matthews in Patriot, do we, do we think? That would be a spoiler. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. On that note... <laughs> On that incredibly frustrating note. <laughs> <laughs> Folks can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA or less prolifically at on uh, Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036. I know, I never changed it. Wow. Yeah. And with that, thank you once again, Kat. And now we will send this back to Jeffrey and Susan. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, August 10th, Kingery, Season 8, Episode 10. Welcome. I'm Eddie. I'll be leading your tour today. Next time on The Kingery. You two met before. Yeah. I broke Eddie's jaw. Oh, by the way, my name is Zeph. You see, Zeph met a very different version of me. One who shouted insults at strangers and picked fights with everybody. Gorlock changed you. My work through Gorlock healed my heart and transformed me. You know, when the head of one family requests a favor for the head of a different family, I really, really, really hate to disappoint anyone. Ace and me are families. Yeah, they're just us. We don't pull a lot of clout. It's the principle. You're still family heads, and I want you to be happy. Anybody would. Wow, Tithia Proctor, it's such an honor. It is? You're unique in the known universe. You won't believe what I had to do. Once I heard your name, I had to get this assignment. Really? You're interested in me? A couple of years ago, I saw an article about a Vrasian human. I just knew you were the one I read about. Wow. People stare at me. Um, I had no idea they could uh, be fans. Only at PendantAudio.com uh, I'll catch up. But <clears throat> first I gotta see a man about a blue whale. Don't take too long. Coming out Wednesday, August 17th, The Pen and Shakespeare, The Complete Comedy of Errors. One might ask, how was the West won? While I'm not at liberty to answer such questions, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say it would have been a lot easier without so many errors. Five summers have I spent in furthest Greece, roaming clean through the bounds of Asia, and coasting homeward came to Ephesus. Hopeless to find, yet loath to leave unsought, or that or any place that harbors men. But here must end the story of my life, and happy were I in my timely death. Could all my travels warrant me, they live. Or so much comedy. Many a man would take you at your word and go indeed, having so good a mean. A trusty villain, sir, that very oft when I am dull with care and melancholy, Lightens my humor with his merry jests. 
I pray to you, air as you sit at dinner. I from my mistress come to you in post. If I return, I shall be post indeed, for she will score your fault onto my pate. Methinks your maw, like mine, should be your clock and strike you home without a messenger. Come, Dromeo, come. These jests are out of season. Reserve them till a merrier hour than this. Where is the gold I gave in charge to thee? To me, sir? Why, you gave no gold to me. Pendant Productions proudly presents Shakespeare's Wild West classic, The Comedy of Errors. Upon my life. By, by, by some device or other, the villain is... or rot. Or rot of all my money. Only at PendantAudio.com. Coming out Monday, August 29th, Active Radioactive Radio, Episode 6. Hello, hello, Audio Apocalyptica. This is Johnny Franks on Active Radioactive Radio for the every man and every woman who really, really misses indoor plumbing because, let me tell you, that is one luxury Johnny does not take for granted. Coming to you live from my mountaintop bunker with more vim and vigor than ever before, which is saying something because you all know how much I love my vim. But you see, I've found some of what I've been looking for. That elusive peace and comfort that fills the agonizing, ashy hole in your heart. Companionship, dear listeners. Johnny's got himself a love interest. Now, now I know what you're saying. How could I have possibly found such true love? Trapped up here all alone with nobody to talk to or to hold me or to stave off the insanity that pokes at my brain every day telling me all I can do is sit at this microphone and spew nonsense a few thousand more times and then die? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you. But the smartest among you have surely already figured it out. Because the smartest among you never miss an episode of my show. And you know what I said last time, so you know exactly what's coming. Say hello, baby. Hello, baby. See? So funny, too, because that joke's not old or tired in the least. I just love your sarcasm. Okay, that joke was marginally better. Well done. Coming out Wednesday, August 31st, Seminar 70. On the next seminar... Wow, who acts like that? Hmm? I mean, come on, Jane. Can you really imagine a real person who would actually do something like that? Well, she's a murderer, right? So she's a psychopath. But killing someone in cold blood just to frame someone? Come on, Dan. It's just a story. Everyone loves road trip honeymoons. What's that noise? The flat tires. Uh-oh. Do we have a flat? The arguments. Maybe. Let me check. The murder mysteries. Yep, looks pretty flat. You know, I have read a lot of murder mysteries. I probably could get away with murder if I really wanted to. And then... Kayla? Honey? It's me, Daddy. Need help? Everyone loves family dinners. Hand me that pan. The preparations. <laughs> if Mama needs me... I'll be down there. The camaraderie. Dinner's in an hour. Having other people for dinner? Uh, do you mind if we step in your hall for a minute? It's really wet out here. And then... You've had no trouble grabbing all the stories in the database prior to this point. My communications have been permanently disrupted by the loss of the master control. As it stands, 
The others on board will need to spend considerable time repairing the affected system. Nothing life-threatening, but it does mean my database is now limited. I didn't just kill the Master Control, I hurt you. It was an accident, sort of. Find out what happens when Seminar Episode 70 comes out August 31, 2016, only at PendantAudio.com. is almost done. And that is the end of the show, although we do have one last tiny little news item that we wanted to mention that some of you may remember in the past. There are a couple of cool artists who uh, did some work for us, Jerry and Penelope Gaylord, and they are running a Kickstarter right now for uh, a book of original concepts, uh, comics, that they're putting together, and Susan and I have written one of them called Little Devil. It's really cool, all-ages comedy thing about a devil girl. Yes! So, uh... It's up tomorrow is the final day, I think. Yeah. So if you're interested in perhaps getting a copy or helping support cool pendant people and other creative projects, you could stop by and check that out. Yes. Where would they do that? Um, you can go to my Twitter feed at Susan L. Bridges, and my pinned tweet has a link to the Kickstarter. There you go, because Kickstarter does not have easy, short URLs to give people, which they really should. Right? Seems like a big mistake. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so if you're interested, that would be cool. Stop by and check it out. There's some really cool stuff. Yep, go, go, go. All right, and then we will see you back here next month. Sure will. Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash PendantAudio, the Twitter feed at Twitter.com slash PendantWeb, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. We're also on YouTube. Yeah. Oh. You know, the episodes we were putting up. We're still doing it. Oh, yeah. If you want to check those out. I've seen it. I, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> this is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thank you for listening. That was real sincere, wasn't it? Because you did it, you a thanks? I said thanks. You said thank you. Oh, I thought it was my tone that made it more sincere. No. Just my word choice? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I don't think you meant that one. Sure.